We're coming off another winning week in week nine of the NFL season. Bringing the last two weeks to a total of 22 units won in weeks eight and weeks nine. Week 10 is upon us. We are halfway through the NFL regular season. Crazy. And it's time for laying the points with Farley Betts. Let's fucking go, baby. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Laying the Points with Farley Betts, your weekly antidote to this NFL market and NFL sports betting experience. We are up 22 units the past two weeks in the NFL, up 20 units overall this season. Things are going well for my premium customers, going well for yours truly, and going well for our free NFL picks over there at sportswagers.ca. Keep on checking us out. Keep on tailing us. Hitting at about 60% the last few weeks in our full leans over there at sportswagers.ca. My name is Chris Farley, a.k.a. at FarleyBets on Instagram and Twitter, mainly on Twitter. Although you get a little more of a personalized touch over touch over there on Instagram. And welcome, everybody, to Laying the Points. New listeners, what we do here every week is we go over every single NFL game during the NFL season from a market evaluation and analysis perspective and evaluating these teams from a pro sports bettors perspective. And I got a little experience in that one fifth place circa prize in the ATS contest, the circa millions two years ago. I've been hitting at about 55% in my professional NFL sports betting career, a 56% in the NBA I'm sorry, uh, 54% in the NBA, about 200 units won the past three years between those two sports. And like I said, this year in the NFL, we have we knew from the very beginning that we had a really solid handle on the season, and it is coming to fruition. And we are halfway through the season already. Yikes. Flies by. Enjoy it. Enjoy every Sunday. Enjoy those Manning casts. Enjoy these big rivalry games because, boy, does it go by fast. And at the halfway mark, here we are, week 10. I would say plenty of financial opportunities on the board this week. You will get my leans on every single game. You'll probably be able to decipher what I'm thinking and what I'm going to bet on in some of these games. So listen in. Things are going well, and I expect them to continue going well for yours truly. When you have a good grasp, right, of the market and these teams, it doesn't send. it doesn't tend to sway too much. You know, like last year, Man, it was it was an elusive marketplace for me. And you just have those years sometimes, right? Um, but this year, our preparation, everything that we set up for this NFL season has felt good and it continues to feel good. And, you know, you, you really got to take betting the NFL very seriously. Like if you're putting real money on this sport, you got to give time to it. You know, you got to dissect every game, the matchup, sure. X's and O's, sure. But more than anything, how the market is evaluating these teams and, and how incorrect it, it just may be, especially with the situations at hand, right? A lot of times the, the intangibles, the situations that present themselves in front of these teams, that that mental difference is the difference in who covers in many of these games, right? That's why I don't 
you know, these guys and girls who have models and churn out stats and say, ah, oh, this is what's going to happen in this game based on the data. Remember, that's all historical data. Sure, over time, trends and patterns stand out. It's good to keep that in mind. It's good to include like every angle, right? And like every perspective into your analysis. But it's not the only thing. And in this league, right, we saw like last week the Raiders and Giants, Raiders new coach. Now, Daniel Jones going down didn't help, but the Raiders were probably going to win that game. They were just motivated. They were ready to go. They were hyped up, hitting hard from the very beginning, looking more confident from the very beginning. A coaching change of that magnitude that corrupted their culture, that's what that can do for a team, right? And so it was more about that than it was the talent on the field between those two teams. And that's what you see a lot of weekends here in the NFL. Let's get to it. Panthers at the Bears. Bears, three and a half point favorites at home. Totals 39. This is Thursday night football. We're going by DraftKings in our lines. And this is Thursday, Thursday, Tuesday afternoon. So these lines may change by the time this podcast is released. I'm going to release it today. But, you know, these lines do move. Panthers and Bears, eh? Well, the Panthers kind of back down to reality, right? Bryce Young, really tough game last week. Three interceptions against the Colts. Um, Carolina defense played well, again, for the second week in a row. Only 198 yards allowed to the Colts. They had a solid running attack, did the Panthers in this game or in that week nine game. Don't like to see that DJ Shark was banged up, questionable to play in week 10. He's a He's a big difference maker for them. Of course, Adam Thielen is... Bryce Young's main target, but Carolina back down to reality a little bit right after that win against Houston. Meanwhile, these Bears, they gave the Saints a thousand chances to extend their lead, and the Saints just still couldn't do that. And now more to come on the Saints. That's a very phony team, in my opinion. Uh, And, you know, really the Bears and Saints game, I left that game thinking worse things about both of those teams. Obviously, Ted Bajan, he's just, he's just very green, right? He's I like the way that he scrambles. He can run. Kid, kid has moxie. Kid has confidence. And he throws a pretty good ball. But Justin Fields is practicing in limited fashion already this week. We might see him on Thursday, although it's one of those situations where why would the Bears want to rush him back on a short week? Bears getting three and a half suggests that Fields will be back. Um. I'm not comfortable, though, with Bears uh, uh, being a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I wasn't comfortable with that at the start of the season when I thought perspectives and forecasting of these Bears was a little too strong for me, and I'm still not comfortable with it. Not even against the Panthers. Because off of a bad performance there for Carolina, always working on things, right? They have their franchise quarterback. At least that's what they're going to say right now. Uh, they're like they're going to try in this game, and their defense been, has been has been playing well. And, we, and we've seen how mistake prone the Bears' offense can be. So, you know, total is kind of gross at forty. I don't know what to do with that. But three and a half, I would lean Carolina. Usually, don't play these Thursday night games though. They're short week. You don't know really who's going to show up, and those are two bad teams. Colts and Patriots. This one's going to be in Germany. Uh, Patriots with a, a big letdown spot last week after their Miami game where they kind of played Miami close for stretches of that game. They put a lot of effort into it, but not the case this past week against Washington. Just I don't know what to think about these Patriots because 
Now their defense allowed over 400 yards to the commanders. That's a defense now that's becoming a unit that I can't trust. And of course, their season is starting to dwindle and fizzle away. So, I mean, we got the Dolphins, right? We got the Bills, and even the Jets are a team that can beat the Patriots now. It's t- it's it's tough in in Foxborough these days. They know they're they're not going to the playoffs. Um, this team might continue to just put out underwhelming underwhelming performances and you know fighting for their job sure like someone like mac jones is fighting for his job i guess but bill o'brien the disconnect there what's going on there in new england i just think that they're they're just losing losing energy and then you have the colts who are kind of off a phony win by the panthers panthers outgained the colts in that game uh you know colts just kind of did enough took advantage of the panthers mistakes so I guess I have to like lean Patriots plus one and a half, but this is another game where it's going to be really hard to like a side here in Germany. Who's going to want to show up? I mean, the Colts still have a chance, especially with their schedule. If you look at the Colts schedule, pretty easy. Like they, they have a better chance or they still do have a chance of keeping their season alive here, making the playoffs, even winning the AFC South. The Jaguars looking awfully good, but the Jags have San Francisco this week. It's an opportunity for, for Indy. So while you want to maybe lean the Pats off a bad experience and the Colts off a phony win, I don't think this one's that simple. I think I think it just fade that entire game. Maybe look at the under 43 and a half. We've seen pretty much in every international game, one offense doesn't show up or one offense isn't as effective. Last week it was the it was the Miami offense in the first half and the Chiefs offense in the second, right? And that game went way under 51. Um, 43 and a half still seems awfully high for two pretty pedestrian offenses in international travel. Now here's a big game. Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens minus six at home. Totals 37 and a half. Ravens, clearly one of the more dominant teams in the NFL right now, 37 to three hammer over the Seahawks. There is definitely something to their ownage of NFC teams. Learned my lesson betting against Baltimore in that situation. Ravens offensive line playing special football right now. Like if they can run like that most weeks, wow, right? Uh, I mean, 515 total yards in that game. Lamar looking comfortable in a new system, efficient with his throws. But this game is different. This game is different, isn't it? Because how can this line be six for the Seahawks last week traveling across the country, NFC team, we know what the Ravens do in those situations, and now it's still six against the Browns? A divisional rival? A divisional rival coming off a 27-0 to win basically a practice session last week at home against the Cardinals, 58 total yards allowed, 58. Clayton Toon, that poor guy, sacked seven times. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Deshaun Watson, perfect game to get just reacquainted back as their starter, right? He played, played a very clean game, looked good, no mistakes. And this is a team that played without Deshaun Watson back in week three against the Ravens and got their asses kicked 28 to three at home. And now they're going on the road, but you talk about a revenge spot. Talk about two teams just feels like a defensive game, a defensive clash. 
totals of 37 and a half, but you're still giving the Ravens six. Strong lean to the Browns. And my only hesitation there is that I, I've, I've bet against the Ravens a few times in these situations, and they keep on proving me wrong. But this is a divisional rival. Like, they can't be the same amount of points in the spread for a divisional rival than it was for the Seahawks traveling across the country in a, eh, a spot that maybe even the Seahawks don't care that much about. So this this should be a close game, folks. I can I can imagine Browns plus six will be on my card. It's not there yet. Houston at Cincinnati. Well, this is all about a situation, right? I'll, I'll talk about C.J. Stroud first, but this line when it opened up was at eight, and now it's down to six and a half, and it should be. I gave my premium customers plus eight right away. On Houston, that's why, you know, that's why people sign up, right? As premium customers, because they get the, the best early lines. And we see, like, we knew that line was going to move. It's down to six and a half. It should be at six and a half. CJ Stroud off a huge performance. Man, you talk about poise. Like, you talk about a kid who doesn't look phased at all about the pros. I mean, he, he had some throws in that game that uh, maybe five other quarterbacks in the NFL could make. You know, just pinpoint accuracy, timing perfect, showing some real chemistry, too, with his rookie receiver, Tank Dell. But this kid, too, his mentality is great. Talks about his experiences and his beliefs, like as a Christian, which, you know, you, you need something to drive you. You know, you need something to give you poise and give you peace in the game's most stressful, biggest moments. And he he found it, right? He has his belief system. It works for him. And I say, God bless. That's awesome. And he talks about his dad being in jail for too long and kind of what he's fighting for. This is this is a kid that you want to you want to bet on, I think, in most situations. It also generates excitement and momentum and belief from his team. These are not bad things. Houston defense starting to catch a little steam too, playing better. Now, Cincinnati, you know, a lot of betters a lot of people didn't like the fact that i played cincinnati against san francisco and we gate and then i turned around and played on them again against buffalo in week nine and what happened joe fucking burrow happened the Bengals turning a corner happened and this is absolutely a super bowl contender this is the this is the real deal like the Bengals are the real deal the one thing though is they can have letdowns like they kept a few teams like the Titans, uh, who's the other team? I forget off the top of my head, but they kept some bad teams. Like they let some bad teams hang in games last season when they were on their long winning streak last year, 2021. We can recall they were on a winning streak again, heading to the tops of the AFC, but they lost the game against the Jets when the Jets were just really, really bad. And now Cincinnati has the Ravens on deck on Thursday night football. That's another reason I kind of like the Browns too, right? The Ravens have a Thursday night game on deck against the against the Bengals. But so does Cincinnati, and that game is going to matter to Cincinnati since they got their asses kicked. I mean, it was a close game in the end, but the Ravens already beat Cincinnati in the jungle. Huge game in the AFC North. Um and, and they probably don't really care that much about this game against Houston. So Cincinnati is going to want to win and get the hell out of Dodge. Uh, Houston probably really wants to win, right? Like C.J. Stroud really wants to prove that he can hang with one of the best QBs in the game and Joe Burrow as well. 
So listen, I have the utmost respect for Cincinnati. I think they could absolutely annihilate Houston if they put it all together in this game. But this checks out all the boxes for a very sleepy slash letdown spot against Houston at home with the Ravens on deck. Just something to think about. San Francisco and Jacksonville. What an interesting game. Jacksonville catching three points at home, three-point underdogs at home. Now, Jacksonville is off, like they're on a heater right now, right? Four straight wins. They're off a bye. And some really tough wins, too, like at Pittsburgh, just showing that they're one of these teams that can win in multiple ways. They can win dirty. Their defense stepping up. Trevor Lawrence can run the ball. He can throw perfectly. This is a team coming together in a a jam-packed AFC. But San Francisco is also coming off a bye. They're also off three straight losses. One of the most, if not the most talented rosters in the NFL, a clear Super Bowl contender, but have lost three straight. The only question you should be asking, and I alluded to this on Twitter about this game, it isn't about X's and O's, it isn't about the matchup. Are the Jaguars at that stage of maturity already where they are one of those teams that have the DNA to take on a San Francisco 49ers team off three losses and off a bye and still be competitive? That's the question. If you believe Jacksonville is already there and they are showing some things this season to suggest that they are getting at least close to being there, then maybe you bet on the Jacks. But this is a tough, tough spot for Jacksonville facing San Francisco off three losses. Purdy, McCaffrey, that defense, Shanahan two weeks to prep. San Francisco even at three is the way I'm leaning because I'm not sure if Jacksonville is there just yet. But if Jacksonville wants to prove that they are one of the elites in this league, win this game or show that you could come really, really close to winning this game. Like, if you put out a respectable competitive game here, that alone is impressive against these 49ers. Jacksonville, not much of a home team and or your home field advantage, I would say, either. Like, right? We saw them lose outright against Houston this year, again, at home. Very fascinating game. Probably just going to sit back and watch that one. Green Bay at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh three-point favorites at home. Totals 38. You know, the Packers let the Rams hang around in that game. They vastly outgained them, sure, but it was Brett Rippon, right? Like, but the Packers kept on turning it over and giving the Rams chances. They were one and four in the red zone. It just didn't feel that impressive. Like, even at home in a game where you would expect them to put it all together against a backup quarterback, it was just okay. Like, Jordan Love did enough. Like, they got a better run game going. Their defense stepped up, sure here and there, but they also made mistakes. They looked clunky. They looked, you know, they were penalized in bad situations. It just, it should have been more disparate if this was a a truly good team to bet on. And like, I know that Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh. They get out, out gained in every, every week, like every win they get out gained. Another typical Steelers win against Tennessee on Thursday night football. Now they have the Browns on deck, but they are at home this week are the Steelers. Kenny Pickett was making some throws when he needed to. Like, that's what he does, right? Kenny Pickett from quarters one through three, meh. But when he needs to step up and make the throws and be aggressive, he he can, and he does. And he made some great throws. Pittsburgh answered Tennessee. 
in that second half, won that game, and now they're still at home. And I know analysts want to fade Pittsburgh, but I don't think this is the spot to fade them. I would still lean Pittsburgh here against what is still a very phony Green Bay team. And when you talk about phony, these New Orleans Saints who are at the Vikings and they are two and a half point favorites at Minnesota. Now, I mean, the Saints should have won their game against the Bears in week nine by 30 points. Seriously. I mean, they they had so many opportunities to score, you know, missed field goals, just missed opportunities, up and down performances in the red zone again, just letting the Bears stick around. Nothing explosive about their offense either. Like a, a talented secondary, sure. But now Minnesota is brewing a, a kind of a special situation over there. Josh Dobbs, who wasn't supposed to play in week nine, like that worked out about as good as it could for the Vikings because I think if Josh Dobbs doesn't play, if it's the other guy, you know, who they just threw out there, I forget his name, throw the, you know, Vikings backup, poor kid. Maybe the, well, no, not maybe. I think the Falcons absolutely win that game. But because that kid got injured, in comes Josh Dobbs, unfamiliar with the Vikings playbook, but a rocket scientist, really smart kid. We've seen how tough and how hard he can play when he was with the Cardinals before he got traded. And now this Vikings team is kind of feisty, aren't they? Like we haven't seen this team with a quarterback that can scramble like Josh Dobbs can. Um, He's just a fighter out there. He just makes things happen. He was never out of this game their game uh, last week against the Falcons in a tough spot, right? That's a really tough situation for Josh Dobbs and the Vikings. They still win. I like what I saw from Kevin O'Connell. He's hugging Josh Dobbs. I like Kevin O'Connell. Seems like a coach that players really love. You know, they, they still have some special players there on offense. I think Justin Jefferson is returning soon. I'm probably not for this game, but I'm inclined to either tease or just take Minnesota in the in this spot, I, I think the Saints are are real phony, and I you know I had some futures on the Saints. Like what a beautiful schedule they have set up for them to win a lot of games and make the playoffs this year. But they're barely when they're winning games, they're barely winning games. And like I don't know if any Saints game this season has looked like really impressive. Right, like even when they shut out the Patriots at Foxborough, like there's a lot of things that just went their way. It wasn't it wasn't about the Saints. I love the energy in Minnesota right now. That's the that's the way I would lean. Tennessee at Tampa. Tampa Bay Bucks one point favorites at home. Tough game here because you know Bucks now lost four in a row, but they're still in it. They're still in the NFC South race. Titans zero and four on the road, so they're not good away from home. We're not sure if we're getting Tannehill or Will Levis in this game. Um, Vrabel won't really say yet, and. I guess he's implying, suggesting that they're probably going to go with Tannehill. Fans aren't going to be very happy with that, but Tannehill gives them a good chance to win this game. Certainly less mistake prone, probably. I mean, he's a veteran quarterback, right, compared to Will Levis, who can force some throws. But Will Levis played well. He played really well on Thursday Night Football at Pittsburgh. That's a really tough situation to play as well as he did. The guy has a has a cannon as an arm. And I think the Titans are a good match for the Bucks. Like, I know... They they know that Baker who's Baker's playing well, but they know that Baker's gonna have to lead that effort. And when the Titans know that and they can just kind of hunker down and get their pass rush, 
off of you and like you know just prep prep the game for like one narrative that that's a recipe that i like for rabel so i mean it, it should be a pick this is a tough game but um i don't think i can trust the bucks in this spot i think the titans probably the better better overall team but this this really is a, a coin flip atlanta at arizona atlanta losing their luster aren't they i mean just a bad confluence of events that happened last week. They should have won that game if Josh Dobbs didn't play, but Josh Dobbs did play, and they couldn't answer, and they couldn't stop him, and their offense is still all over the place. Taylor Heineke throwing a bad interception at a bad time in the game. Um, they just feel volatile, unpredictable, like not playing B. John Robinson very much. Like I don't know what Arthur Smith is trying to prove or what he's doing. He just seems like he's losing his handle on this team. And now Arizona who only produced 58 total yards <laughs> against the Browns last week. They're back at home. Kyler Murray is going to play in this game. We don't know what that's going to look like, but it's going to look better than Clayton Toon. Cardinals are a little feisty for me here. I don't know if I'm pulling the trigger yet, but hmm, you're going to trust Atlanta away from home? Like the Cardinals are going to look better than last week for sure. Kyler Murray... That kid has a very high ceiling when he's playing well and if he's healthy. And, you know, they kept him out long enough. Like, he should be ready to roll. Very interesting. Very interesting game. Lions at the Chargers. You know, Chargers very fortunate in their last two opponents, able to get back on track against the Bears at home. Big whoop. The Jets on Monday Night Football last night. I had Jets plus three and a half. Jets just making every mistake in the book in that game. Just penalty after penalty. Multiple turnovers in the first half. Just There's not one thing the Jets didn't do to give the Chargers that game from the very start. Kickoff return or punt return for a touchdown, whatever it was. Brandon Staley continues to benefit from some good quality, good luck. And I don't love that the Bolts are facing the Lions off a bye. You talk about two diametrically opposite teams as far as culture and the kind of teams they are how hard the Lions fight every week, how consistent they've been. Chargers have been the pitcher of inconsistency and volatility and a team you can't trust. Lions, appropriately, I think, are the favorite, even on the road, because they are off that bye. Minus two here. I think the market is correct. If it's under three, I lean Lions. Do I have to talk about the Giants and the Cowboys. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, guys. If the Giants are playing Tommy DeVito, which right now they don't have another quarterback to play. So if they're playing Tommy DeVito, like if you've seen that kid play football, he he can't. He can't play football. I mean, he can. I guess on like a high school or college level. But that kid is not a pro quarterback. Giants are going to start selling on their season, I think. Like, the writing's on the wall. Daniel Jones is out for the season. Their defense is probably going to give up after the first quarter in this game because Dallas is going to be pissed off coming off that loss. Dallas with a nice schedule spot here to start picking up some more wins. They got some very winnable games these next few weeks. I think you have to go. If you're going to go any direction, you have to go Dallas here. Do not bet on the Giants. You know, Maybe this is an all-in Brian Dayball you know, team effort since they got their ass is kicked 40 to zero in week one, but I'm not sure the Giants even care. 
really at this point. You got to start looking to your future a little bit, right? So this is, I mean, Giants off that loss. Daniel Jones goes down and then they have to go to Dallas. It's about as tough as it gets. Washington at Seattle. I think this is a great comeback spot for the Seahawks. You know, the schedule gets very hard from here, so this feels like a must-win for Seattle. Their next seven games are Rams, 49ers, Cowboys, 49ers, Eagles, Titans, Steelers. Tough schedule. Next seven games. If Seattle wants to hang in the NFC West, they have to win this game. And Washington is off a win against a bad Patriots team. Now they're heading, you know, across the country. Washington, we don't know how much Washington is really invested in this season anymore either, giving up their defensive players. I think their defense, which kind of showed up against New England finally, you know, saw some pride there. I like that from Jack Del Rio and their defense, but I don't like them in this spot against Seattle on the road. Like Seattle could put up, you know, Seattle's still capable with the talent they have and Geno Smith, his throwing ability, still, still capable of putting up points and they're going to want to after what happened to them last week. It's going to be a much different scenario for Seattle. So the only way I could look here is the Hawks. Jets and Raiders. This becomes a much more interesting game, doesn't it? Because Jets off a loss, the way their defense can play, and, the, you know, I just I trust their coaching, and they've made it happen in quite a few games. We've seen it this year. You know, you kind of want to go with the Jets. But this should be a virtual pick I mean, Jets – should look better, but it won't be easy. Raiders defense played their hearts out in week nine. Of course, there wasn't much competition against the Giants, but um, Antonio Pierce and the Raiders makes them interesting, makes them makes them feisty. Like, this is probably going to be a very low-scoring game. I believe it's the lowest total of the week at 36, 36 even. You know, like like, like that's a lower total than the Panthers and Bears. You know, like that it tells you a lot about what this game should look like. I might consider still going under that total. I don't know where the points are going to come from. Max Crosby, at one point he was triple teamed by the Giants offensive line, and he still got through. And that guy is playing possessed football. The Raiders are still very much in the AFC West race, too, believe it or not. I think they're 5-3. and three. Uh, They're just like finding ways to win. Josh McDaniel's gone. New culture, new feel, new energy in that, in that, in that locker room. I like that for the Raiders. But I also like the locker room and and what I'm hearing from the Jets who are pissed off and sounding off about it after what happened in Week 9, after that clunker in Week 9. So this is a really tough game. Denver at Buffalo, another tough one because Denver's coming off a bye and they have looked better. Believe it or not, the Broncos have looked better. Two straight wins, took advantage of Kansas City in a bad spot before their bye. They beat Kansas City straight up. Their defense has played better. Do I trust their defense? No. Do I trust their defense in Buffalo? No. But they have played better. But this line is seven and a half. It's right there at that border, right, of over a touchdown, kind of teasing you to take the Bills here. I think I would still lean Bills, like in a redemption, revenge kind of game after losing to Cincinnati, heading back home. It's a good spot for the Bills to take care of business. Um, although, you know, at home next week, they do have the jets on deck, but now I think, I think the bills will be pretty focused on this game because they're going to want to win off a loss. Um, you know, they could worry about the jets after the fact. So I, I would lean bills here. This is still a much better outfit than the Broncos, 
but it's not something I love because the Broncos have looked better and they are off a bye. Like I still, you know, I still think that Sean Payne is a pretty good coach too. I'm not like sold that he's done. So tough game here as well. Monday night football, seven and a half point favorites are the bills at home. Maybe we see some points in this one. Maybe consider over 47. Seems right. Bills should dominate this game, but again, Josh Allen and the Bills, they, they don't look anything like the team we saw in weeks two through four when they were look like a world beater. They're just kind of stumbling now. Now, but right, the point should be made off a loss, a national television audience loss on Sunday night football against an AFC contender that they officially hate. You would think they're going to look a lot better on Monday night. So lean bills. Okay, we are right there at that 30-minute window. We appreciate everybody listening every single week. Or if you're a new listener, I hope you enjoyed what you heard here in our market analysis and NFL leans on every single game. Like I said, we are riding hot right now, 22 units in two weeks. Hit me up at Farley Bets. DM me if you're interested in my premium packages. It's week 10 in the NFL, baby. Let's get it. Let's fucking go. Let's win some damn money at Farley Bets. We will see you later.